It's Saturday, and I'm Kramer. This is Saturdays with Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. Hope you're all having a wonderful, gloomy morning here in Kansas City. As you know, I am. Because you know why. Baseball is in, it's funny to say this, baseball still in full swing emotion of how things go around the winter meetings. The winter meetings have came and they have gone. Very quick one week of just flurry of transactions. I'm not going to lie. We're, we're going to get to practically every single transaction that has came through this week. Because like I said last week, I knew deals were going to get done. Pen to paper, new uniforms being printed for players. And I'm just excited. I, we're going to get to it all. Talk about St. Louis Cardinals. We're going to get to Kansas City Royals. Some Boston Red Sox stuff. Of course, Aaron Judge talk, uh, Jacob DeGrom talk, Trey Turner talk. You name it. Zayner Bogarts talk. You name it. We will talk about it, especially with how baseball is. I love baseball. I'm assuming you all love baseball, too, if you are tuning into this. And without further ado, let's just get into it. The St. Louis Cardinals found their catcher. They found their catcher from a former divisional rival in Wilson Contreras. I'm actually super excited. It wasn't a trade that had to send like Nolan Gorman or Dylan Carlson or Tyler O'Neill elsewhere in order to get a catcher like Alejandro Kirk or Sean Murphy. No, they did what John Mosellock never really does, and that's actually sign a free agent out of free agency. It was it was incredible. And one of the incredible things is that I found out uh, earlier this morning when scouring through the, the my Twitter feed and everything, there was one at-bat last season that Wilson Contreras is like, you know what, I want to be a St. Louis Cardinal. And, it, and the funny thing is, it wasn't even his at-bat. It was, it was the game that I was not at in St. Louis. It was the day after. The 0-1 pitch. Albert hits one a ton! Deep left, it is gone! 695! They pitch to him, and they get burned! His final at bat against the Cubs! A pinch hit, two-run homer! You've got to be kidding me! Yeah, so that at bat, that ball being crushed out of Bush Stadium, that, that's the that's a one big reason why... He, uh, um, he, you know, wanted to come to the St. Louis Cardinals, which that's completely awesome and it's enjoyable. What is going on with my Siri? Apparently, this is something that they have found. Siri on my uh, Apple Watch just found that Wilson Contreras wants to be a Cardinal for life. Sign a f- not. I mean, he's it's not. Granted, it's not a, a lifetime deal for any means, but he signed a five-year, eighty-seven point five million dollar deal, which eighty-seven point five million dollars for the best catcher in free agency. That's that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about, Mosaic. This is this is awesome. And Mosellock had the biggest shoes to fill per position. Like there was Yadier Molina. You had to fill the shoes at catcher for the St. Louis Cardinals. Remember, this is the guy that's been catching since what, 2004 behind the plate? Because like, he came in off for relief from Mike Matheny. Like this is, this is the guy. This is the guy that was in St. Louis for the past, what, almost 20 some years behind the plate. I think it was like a total of 18 or 19 years behind the plate. That's 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 incredible. And then when I mean like 18 to 19 years, it's mean of him starting behind the plate and until unless he got hurt or something. But John Mozeliak, he even said that he uh, 
It was hard to find a replacement for Yachty, but they found the guy. Going into to Yachty's final season, we knew that we were going to have to find a replacement at one point. And uh, so even going back to, to the beginning of, of 2022, we were already starting to look at, at what potential opportunities could be out there. And, and so when we were like casting that net, we realized that it was going to take a very unique person to come and replace what we've watched for the last two decades. And, uh, you know, as, as we scoured the market from the trade market to, to the free agent market, we, we came to the conclusion that Wilson was someone of great interest to us. And then I can now confirm that last uh, November 30th, or this past November 30th, uh, Ollie and I did meet with uh, Wilson. And I think both parties came away from that meeting with, with the hope that we could get something done. Well, we already knew that, well, from what he was saying, that 695 from our pool holes kind of led Wilson Contreras here, but there's probably other many factors. And one person is... John Lester. And out of every single person that you would think of a person that would bring him into St. Louis for them to catch, John Lester, the guy that cheated his way through to the 2013 World Series to beat the St. Louis Cardinals, he helped him come to St. Louis? Now, this is weird. I, I thought it was a terrible deal when the St. Louis Cardinals wanted to trade for John Lester a few seasons ago. I did not. I'm not a big John Lester guy, but if John Lester helped Wilson Contreras come... To St. Louis, I'm not mad. I'm not mad about it. This is per Ben Fredrickson on Twitter. John Lester's endorsement of Wilson Contreras was part of the St. Louis Cardinals' fact-finding on the free agent. Two worked well together, and Lester could be particularly with the catchers, and he had the issues throwing to the first base. Lester is a big supporter of Wilson. All right, that's awesome. That's a good thing. A, A former St. Louis Cardinal helped bring a former Chicago Cub over to St. Louis. I mean, there's a history between former Chicago Cubs players playing at St. Louis. I mean, what, Lou Brock's the biggest one that was, like, I don't know, still to this day, incredible, incredible, incredible trade the St. Louis Cardinals did in order to bring him over to St. Louis. But John Lester was the guy who helped orchestrate and matriculate and get the pen to paper to hopefully bring Wilson Contreras to St. Louis. And it's going to be weird. It's going to be awkward, I guess, at times because... Wearing number 40, at least he's not wearing number 4. You can put a 0 to it for 40, so it's, at least we're going to see the 4 still behind the plate, but in different context number. But it's going to be so weird seeing a former Chicago Cub seceding one of the best catchers in Major League Baseball for the past 15 to 20 years. Like It's going to be weird. It's, gonna be, it, I, I, it's still hitting me hard that like, it's weird not seeing certain players like you, that you've grown up watching. Like The first one that hit me the hardest was Chipper Jones. Absolutely loved watching Chipper Jones growing up. I wanted to, I wanted to be like Chipper Jones. Like even though I wasn't like one of the best third basemen in the world, didn't really have the arm for it. But the fact that his hit, pure hitting athleticism, like that's what I appreciated about Chipper Jones. And when he retired, I was that was what that was the one of the first players that I was like, dang, I got to see the tail final ten years of his career and absolutely enjoyed it. But with players such as Albert Pujols, Miguel Cabrera. Yadier Molina, heck, Adam Wainwright. I've watched these guys' career since pretty backly since day one. And it's weird now that like I'm growing up, watching them grow up, and then them retiring, and now it's this time to see the new flux of players that are such as in the organizations. Like I am ex- completely excited 
that I get to watch the full career of Bobby Witt Jr. from start to finish. Like, I absolutely cannot wait to see what he can do in a Royals uniform. And you're probably thinking, Kramer, you just switched from a Cardinals topic to a Royals topic. Again, we're going to talk a little more about the Royals later on, but I'm just saying and and telling you, like, this is just like, I'm absolutely, like, giddy about certain players watching their full entire career. And, like, Yadier Molina is one of them. Bobby Witt Jr. is this next one. Heck, I can't wait to see who the next type top guy. Like, granted, I, I'm, I, I've enjoyed watching Mike Trout. Somewhat enjoyed Bryce Harper's. Trey Turner's has been phenomenal. Like, I, it, I, just, I love the sport of baseball. I absolutely love it. But now it's like, what is next for the St. Louis Cardinals? And at this point in time, I think it's them needing to go out and get a sustainable everyday shortstop. Granted, Tommy Edmond is a great gold glove, gold glove caliber second baseman. Do I think it could t- a turnover from to the shortstop side? I mean, we saw it last season. Yes, I do. But I still value Tommy Edmond either as a center fielder or second baseman. That's how I value Tommy Edmond. So maybe a shortstop is on the market or the horizon for the St. Louis Cardinals. There is a potential team that is a dark horse now that has came in late to get Carlos Correa, which it, it could be the St. Louis Cardinals. We won't know until we figure out uh, uh, more from sources uh, from John Heyman or... Uh, Heck, uh, insert insider here is maybe it's uh, Jeff Passan, maybe it's uh, John Morosi. Like who knows? Like they they they'll we'll find out soon enough. But it's either shortstop or pitching for the St. Louis Cardinals is what they should probably try to ink a new deal for. Couldn't get Jose Quintana signed a two year twenty six million dollar deal I think with the Mets. So pitching is starting to run a little quite thin, and there's teams that are out there right now just fire selling on pitchers. Like I thought Kyle Gibson would be a great signing for the St. Louis Cardinals, a, a former Mizzou graduate that could easily play. No, he signed with the Baltimore Orioles, which I think he's going to get better playing time and actually help the Baltimore Orioles win more games than what he would do probably being as a fifth guy in the St. Louis Cardinals rotation. So shortstop and pitching for the St. Louis Cardinals should be on the horizon of team necessity and needs. But other than that, they got their guy at catcher. Like They, they were able to secure the catcher for the next five years who will spend time with Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, Heck, hopefully uh, Nolan Gorman throughout the entirety of it, Dylan Carlson throughout the entirety of it. Heck, I hope Tyler O'Neill turns his bat around. That's an MVP. That's an MVP caliber bat that he just need to get going. But the pitching, the pitching, the pitching is something they need to go for. It's just the pitching right now. The pitching, 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 and you get another guy like in Wilson Contreras. That's like another very good pitcher friendly type of catcher that wants to work with you constantly. He's like literally. In the National League, he was he could you could say he's Yadier Molina light. You, you probably could say that. So the, the Cardinals got a good one at catcher. They 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 did. Would you like to make eighty six point seven million in just two years with a vesting option of thirty five million following it? So that's 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 over a hundred million dollars if all three years go into to the works of it. Like I I I wish I I wish I could have the caliber of the the arm strength and mindset and everything at Justin Verlander because he signed that deal with the New York Mets a few days ago and it's bringing back some Detroit Tigers-esque type of feels for this uh, pitching rotation. They got Max Scherzer as the one and Justin Verlander as the two. Heck, you could even flip those around. Verlander can be your one and Scherzer can be your two. I just know that's a great one-two punch that we saw from 2012, 2013, and 2014 for what the Detroit Tigers did to get them to the postseason. Like, granted, they relied heavily on the backs of Max Scherzer's pitching and Justin Verlander's pitching back in the early 2010s. Like, that is something that they've done. Granted, 
10 years have came and gone since the, their first time uh, interacting with each other inside the Detroit Tigers organization. Granted, you would think that, the, that nothing has, has changed with them. They're probably very good friends still. Heck, they're still two of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball, and they're also two guys that have put your contracts in together. It's a total of, I think it's like, what, three years left on the combined between the two with maybe over $150 million that is just being shelled out between the two guys. That's ridiculous. That's a lot of money that Steve Cohen is just shoving. He's just like, he's doing what George Spiner, George Steinbrenner did for the New York Yankees for however long and still keep on doing with how the, the team and the regime is keeps on going, especially with Brian Cashman. Like, they're just shoving money to the side. Steve Cohen wants to win. I like it. I like this mentality. I mean, granted, he wasn't done. He signed Jose Quintana. He signed David Robertson earlier this week. He's trying to lock down that bullpen because how can the Mets get to Edwin Diaz? That is the biggest question mark that they can do. And signing David Robertson and possibly if Jose Quintana does not make the starting rotation, he's a very good, solid left-handed reliever coming out of the bullpen. And Verlander coming to this team, for the New York Mets, adds so much value to the team in order to get other pitchers saying, all right, Verlander sees the idea of what Steve Cohen's trying to do. They're trying to spend money. They're doing what other teams and owners aren't doing. There's The majority of the owners in Major League Baseball either want to win a World Series or, or like the idea of owning a team and making money off of the said team. They don't care if they win a World Series. They see that the, that the, that the number of how much ever money that they make per year keeps going up and up and up and up and up. Steve Cohn doesn't really care. He's a manager that's our owner, I should say, that is going out there and like, you know what? We're trying to field one of the best teams in Major League Baseball. I have a stupid amount of money, so I'm going to spend it all. I don't care about the luxury tax. If you think about this, if the when the Mets do decide to go over the luxury tax, which I don't know if they are have already gone over it now, or that they're very close, it's taxed about 90 cents. Yeah, their luxury tax is an extra tax of 90 cents. So if you got a guy that wants a, a $10 million deal, expect to pay $19 million due to the luxury tax reasons. And Steve Cohn doesn't care. He wants to bring a World Series to the New York City. And to the New York Mets, I should say. He wants to for them to say, you know what, they might have the people across the uh, the subway rail system, whatever you want to call it there in New York, they might have signed one of the best hitters in baseball right now in Aaron Judge to a ridiculous, stupid dollar amount. But I have a surplus of cash that I'm just sitting on, and I want to win one of them shiny rings so I can like sh- shove it into the face like the Yankees people saying, ha, guess who won the most recent World Series? That's, uh, that's the New York Mets over here from across the subway from the subway series. I like what the Mets are doing. I, I do. Is it sustainable with the players they have on their team? That's the question mark that is has a million different answers because I don't think it has it. I truly don't. The pitching rotation is subpar. You only have Scherzer and Verlander. That's the only two guys that come out and grab me by the throat and say, they're going to get me. Like Those two guys, they, they will get me. Am I worried about the other three? No, I, I'm not. And heck, even if you get, like, say if you like, kind of like what the what the they did last year, where Jacob Degrom got uh, got shelled a little bit. Once they take the, their better pitcher out, the bullpen blows it. We saw they were leading the National League East for 120 days, 
140 days, something like that. Like they were literally the number one team in the East the entire time. They lost to the Braves for the division. They got swept in the first round of the playoffs. Is what they're doing sustainable with the players that they have on the team? Not the players on the team, no. They, no. At least they, they, they're they trying. They're, tr- they're, they're absolutely trying. They're bringing in quality pitchers that are older, and maybe those grizzled veterans are going to be the ones that put them over the top. But it's, it's going to take more than just Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer to help this team. they got to score runs. And you don't know. The Polar Bear is going to be hitting home runs. Francisco Lindor is going to be getting on base and driving in runs. It's it's going to be a head-scratcher. And there's that's just one team. And then one team that's just not doing anything right now. And they Literally, the winter meetings have came and gone. They, they re-signed a player that I was shocked that they even wanted to do that. They, to avoid arbitration, they signed a player. They... Selected a minor leaguer from the Rule Five draft that which that's going to be put in minor league system. Which I, I at first I was like they drafted a minor league shortstop. Uh, well, in the Rule Five draft, he's going to be in the on the major league roster. Th- good, thankfully he's not, so they're at least going to see what he is in the uh, the minors. But the team I'm talking about is the Kansas City Royals. The Royals have done absolutely diddly squat this entirety of the winter meetings. They signed Adalberto Montesi to a one year three million dollar deal to avoid arbitration. Okay. Why? Like, we... People in Kansas City know what Alberto Montesi is all about. Like, he's a guy that will play about 20 to 50 games a season, and that's basically it. If you if you were able to sign him to this one-year $3 million deal, which is like him practically betting on him himself for this upcoming season, because I'm hopefully, 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 hopefully he's, he's healthy and ready to go, because the talent that he brings to... This young core of players, which it's funny to say the young core because Mondesi is like, what, 26 years old, 27 years old. He's still young for Major League Baseball. He's about ready to hit his prime years of Major League Baseball. What are you going to get out of him, though? Where are you going to put him? Like, I, that's what I'm curious about. You have your shortstop for the future right now. He played third base all last season, but he's your future shortstop. You might want to put him at shortstop like this upcoming season. That's Bobby Witt Jr. Nicky Lopez played some short last season, which I think he should go back to second base. Third baseman has a big hole. I, I I think it's a big hole. It's not Hunter Dozier. It's I don't put Hunter Dozier at third base. Like I honestly I couldn't even tell you who the other third baseman is on this team. Like I know that they've uh are trying to still have that youth movement coming up. But Montesi's gonna be a third baseman or center fielder. That's where you should have him. He has I mean, what's his his bat's great. Like if he's healthy, a full healthy swing of Mata Alberto Montesi is a twenty home run guy. And you need a 20-home run guy and how thin this lineup is for the Kansas City Royals. I, I just don't understand why that he should be a trade ship. He needs to be a trade ship this upcoming season. I, I know $3 million is a, a great friendly deal, and you know that people are going to want to spend money to get Adalberto Mondesi. Well, not even spend money. They're going to want to trade for Mondesi due to what his contract is if he starts end up flourishing and everything. Heck, third baseman's at is Nate Eaton for the Royals. Like I, I would like to have Mondesi at third base rather than Nate Eaton. That's just me. I, granted, I know what Nate Eaton, Eaton's going to do in his major league career. Not sure, but we at least know what we've seen with a full healthy Mondesi. And whether if it is him playing second base, is that right now with the depth chart, Nicky Lopez is starting. Like he's not starting at second base. It's going to be uh, Michael Massey. So you can throw Mondesi in there, even if he's even if he is a guy that comes off the bench to, you know, run around. But 
Would you want to have this is okay? This is this is a, a toss up question. Tweet at me at Kramer Talks if you would rather have in center field Michael A. Taylor or Adalberto Mondesi. And break it out into categories. Who do you want your defensive side wise? Like who who would be the better defensive player? Which I mean, granted, it's going to be Michael A. Taylor. He's a Gold Glove guy. But if you, do you want a guy that has also a Gold Glove caliber and in the infield to go to the outfield and also have a better bat than Michael A. Taylor? I think a. I I believe that a half healthy Alberto Montesi's bat is a lot better than Michael A. Taylor's. Granted, Michael A. Taylor, his bat stays in the zone longer and has a a, a, a better hard hit rate. But is he going to connect on that? That's 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 just that's the bigger question right there for Michael A. Taylor. But for Montesi, it's just it's just weird. We need to see him play. We need to see him on the field. And that will determine our judgment. That is Michael A. Taylor, or is it going to be Alberto Mondesi in center field? Because I think Mondesi is not a he's not a, he's he's not an everyday guy you can rely on. He's not. So if you have to platoon him for a little bit to maybe like see if you can build that trust, because I mean you, with the new with the new manager for the Royals too, like you're he's going to want to get as much as he can out of his players. Granted. It's just a big head stretcher. That's that's all they've done right now is just sign out of resign Alberto Montesi. Like that is just that's just weird. They have done absolutely diddly squat. Like it's should the Royals made this answer short answer. Yeah, they they should have. They they do. They yeah. It's smart. It's smart for them. It it truly is. Is he gonna play though? That's a maybe. Like that's that's a hard maybe. Like I, we we don't know. Is he even gonna be healthy before the start of the season? I don't know. You don't know. Heck, the only person that knows is Mondi. And it seems like anytime he gets close to it, is there a little case of the yips sticking around? I hope not, because I never want anybody. I never wish that upon anybody. But it's still a big head-scratching move. And then they get the minor league guy from the Philadelphia shortstop, uh, uh, Shrevern Newton, who the Royals picked in the eight, um, as they did it in the Rule 5 draft. But also, the Royals kind of got hosed a little bit. They're picking eighth. This upcoming draft, yeah, the draft order was uh, this draft lottery, and it's a new to Major League Baseball, which is stupid. It, I my opinions on the draft lottery for Major League Baseball, it's re, it's it's dumb. MLB teams do do not try to tank. You don't try to bring and field an everyday roster of nine guys, like a nine guy lineup, to hopefully go out there and lose. You just don't do that in Major League Baseball. You can see the talent difference when it comes to like the NFL. No, no, not the NFL. No, no, no. Back that up. Back that up. Back it up. Back it up. It's like the NBA. You could tell. We we knew what the 76ers were trying to do in the early 2010s. They were trying to lose as many games as possible to get Joel Embiid, to get the um, uh, Ben Simmons, to get the uh, insert first round draft pick that didn't pan out. Um, another one's Noel is another one. They they wanted to try to get that first round draft pick to see if they can establish their future. It's completely different when it comes to Major League Baseball because they get drafted and it may take one to two to three years for that draft pick that you are going to select in this 2023 roster to make it to the Major League Baseball level. Like you can't tank in Major League Baseball. You just can't. And the, the Royals pick eighth. This is the, the from top to bottom, um, one through ten. He goes the Pittsburgh Pirates, which good for you, Washington Nationals, Detroit Tigers, Texas Rangers, which... Texas Rangers getting a, a a top five pick in this is wild. It's just wild to think. Um, the, at five, the Minnesota Twins. Six, the Oakland Athletics. Seven, Cincinnati Reds. Eight, Kansas City Royals. Nine, the Colorado Rockies. And ten, the Miami Marlins. 
And Minnesota, I, I guess, made the, the biggest jump. And they went, were outside of the draft lottery. They got moved to fifth. So the Minnesota Twins lucked out in this. So it's like, who knows? It's like throwing a dartboard at the time to see who's the, what type of person you want to draft when it comes to Major League Baseball. So we'll... We'll just see. We'll just see. This is Sarge Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. I am Kramer. This is uh, the Bet 1660. We've got more and more and more and more stuff to discuss. We're going to take a quick break real quick, and we're going to go around the rest of the hot stove or Major League Baseball. We'll do that next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. Get it on a Saturday. This is Saturday's with Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. I hope you're all enjoying your lovely day wherever you're listening to the show from and anywhere. Um, if Santa's coming down the chimney here in the relatively 20, not 20, about 14 days coming down the chimney. And the question that I posed that I was, I answered this last week. I'm going to answer it again this week. But I answered it for, uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals last week. I'm answering it for the Kansas City Royals this week. Question for you all. Tweet at me too at Kramer Talks. If you had one free agent that you could ask Santa to bring to your team, who would it be? And I'm going to answer this for as a Kansas City Royals perspective. When scouring through free agency right now, I see the biggest need for the Kansas City Royals to be in that outfield, or at least as middle infielder. But I'm going to I'm going to be greedy. I'm going to ask Santa for two different types of players. I need a player that can hit rivals. I want a player that I know that can just send a ball out deep, far into the night sky of Kansas City and possibly land into the fountains. I think a guy that could easily rejuvenate his career from it being a a storied of him just hitting nukes constantly in the Texas Rangers organization to being traded to the New York Yankees, to be traded to the Dodgers, who actually absolutely did insanely better when he got traded to the Dodgers. Get left fielder Joey Gallo to the Kansas City Royals. Wouldn't that be fun? That would put butts in seats, especially over at Kaufman. I would I would go to a game every other week if Joey Gallo was on the Kansas City Royals. I, I would. That'd be fun, too. Him uh, backing up. Like, it would be great having like Bobby Witt Jr. batting second, Joey Gallo batting third, Salvador Perez batting fourth, or heck, you can even put move Sally back up to the four spot, put Joey Gallo in the five spot, or even at the four or five. Like that, I think that'd be a fun lineup. That'd be a fun lineup for Kansas City Royals, but it'd be a lot of strikeouts. That's why I'm just why it's like, all right, bump the brakes a little bit. That's why I'm asking for two people. So Joey Gallo, and what about a guy like, I don't know, Adam Frazier? A super utility infielder that can just hit an outfielder that can just hit, 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 and hit. Or a guy like Gene Segura. Which one would you like to pick? I think Gene Segura would be a better option at second base on the Kansas City Royals. 33-year-old has a 5.1 war. Okay, I, I, would, I would like that if you're a Kansas City Royals. Yeah, no. I'm asking Santa for two gifts. That's Gene Segura. And I'm asking for Joey Gallo as well. Like, that thing, that's 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 the best. Let me. I want to know what you guys think, though. Who would be the guy uh, that you would want Santa to bring for you to bring to Kansas City. Now, who is your your free agent that you're asking Santa to bring? Like that's 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 a great question. Like that's that's heck, we might do that a question again next week. But it is time now to go all the way and just not wrap up everything, but just get to all the hot stove stuff that's been happening in Major League Baseball. There is a litany of things that happened. Jacob DeGrom 
Jacob Degrom last week signed a deal to be a Texas Ranger for life, basically. 35 years old, signed like what a four, three, four-year deal. Like I actually can't remember the numbers off my head. But DeGrom came to Texas to win a World Series. He did. But I think Chris Young had the better say in order to him to bring bringing in Jacob DeGrom. This was Jacob DeGrom uh, during his media availability earlier this week. Uh, and he wants to win the World Series. He wants to win a World Series in this in Texas. You know, going through the process, um, you you have you set up meetings with teams and whenever I found out the the Rangers were one of those teams. I was I was really excited, and then um, you know getting on a call with uh, Cy and Boach, um, you know hearing the vision of of what the Rangers want to do, and and ultimately getting to meet Ray and and the vision here and bringing uh, a World Series here. Uh, that's the goal: winning a, a World Series. And these guys all had that same vision, and it, it lined up with what what I wanted to do. So um, you know. It was, uh, they showed a ton of interest right in the start and the feelings were mutual and just very happy to be here. Now, you know that Bruce Bochy had, like, you know when the Rangers signed Bruce Bochy, they're like, you know what, we're going all in for a World Series. We have spent the money to help this team possibly get to the postseason into the World Series. Granted, they didn't make the postseason last year. Heck, they were like a 500 baseball team last year. But now they had the pitching to back up their hitting now, which is... Good, and they have a manager in place to have a winning season coming for them. But I still think Chris Young, yes, the six foot ten pitcher, Major League Baseball, former pitcher, in Major League Baseball, I think he had the better say in bringing him into the Rangers organization back in 2012, 2013. I think no, 2010, 2012, 2010 to 2012 season. Chris Young was a New York Met, I believe, like that. He was in the organization. And Jacob DeGrom was drafted in 2010. So that made to believe that, okay, he got drafted to, the, uh, to the, the Mets. He probably had a liking of Chris Young because, one, he's six foot ten and like he's, you can see him anywhere. Two, he's probably a very likable person. I never met him personally, but, I mean, he's a former Kansas City Royal and like people enjoyed him in his time here in Kansas City. Heck, he's working with Dayton Morgan as he's a, um, a, a, like, part of the uh, baseball operations department and for the Rangers. But Chris Young, I think, had a say, whether if it was him like being a mentor to Jacob DeGrom early on in his career, like being like that mentor guy when he was in the minor league, making his way up to the majors and the Mets organization. Chris Young could have been that guy that like kept him under his wing and whether or not if DeGrom asked him questions, asked him anything, tips, tricks, and anything to get him sooner or quicker to Major League Baseball, I wouldn't have been shocked if that's a, that's the case. This the the scenario that brought Jacob Degrom to the Texas Rangers. The Rangers are gonna be great this season. Like it's gonna be fun to watch. I absolutely cannot wait for baseball season to start because of the possibilities of how good teams will be and how bad teams will be. Because you know the Mets are going to be a dumpster fire this upcoming season. You know the Rangers are actually going to be trying, and they probably will not make the postseason this upcoming season. Like it's the 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 writings in the weeds right now. Like we we know who the better teams are per division. It's the Astros division, the National, and the American League Central. No, good gosh, the American League West, which they should be in the American League Central. They're literally in Texas, straightly down. It is the Astros division to lose, and they're going to keep winning that because of how good their lineup is. Granted, who care? Well, who knows what the pitching is going to be like this upcoming year since Verlander's gone. But the team to be in that division is the Astros, and can the Rangers do it? I mean, they could. 
will they? Probably not. Like I don't I don't know. I don't think they will. And like that's the same case the same case scenario for the Mets. Do I think the Braves are gonna ever give up the the stranglehold of the National League East? No. No, I no, I do I don't. No. But the, they're at least trying. That's that's what I appreciate. This Royals try. Can the Royals try? I know they're trying, but can they get somebody to come in to at least because I, I thought the the year that they, the offseason that they got Andrew Benatendi, I was shocked. Like, I was so shocked that the Royals got Andrew Benatendi. I was so happy that the Royals got Andrew Benatendi. So I was like, all right, step in the right direction. Well, actually, it put them back a few steps. But then again, they also traded people that it really didn't matter. Like, Frenchy Cordero was sent off. Now, I think he's in the Baltimore Orioles organization, I think. Maybe. I Yeah, no, I, I digress. But I think Chris Young had the better say in, what, in wanting to try to bring a guy like Jacob DeGrom in the Texas, because, I mean, he's trying to win a World Series. I get it. Like, that's what everyone's trying to do. So, yeah, no. Xander Bogarts, former Boston Red Sox, former guy that helped them win, I think, two World Series. They could, he was on the team in 2013. Yeah, 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 he was. He was, he was on the Red Sox 2013. He also was on the Red Sox in 2018. Signed a 11-year, $280 million contract to go to the San Diego Padres. Padres were shelling money out left and right. Like they were trying to like trying to bring you here, trying to bring Aaron Judge here, Trey Turner here, trying to bring as much people as they can because they had all this surplus of money. They don't know what to do with it. And they're like, you know what? If we're going to send the money off the contract to Trey Turner, who signed a, a, a lucrative deal for the Philadelphia Phillies, let's send it to Xander Bogarts. Guess what Xander Bogarts said? He, he accepted. Good for you, Xander Bogarts. It is San Diego now. San Diego. San Diego Padres with Xander Bogarts. And it's funny, too, because the picture that they, they, they posted was... <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, I, 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 hold on. I got I to gotta calm the laugh down a little bit. Uh, it had Juan Soto, Manny Machado, and then Xander Bogarts. Who are they missing out? Who are they, uh, who are they missing out on uh, that picture that I just uh, lattered off three names? If you, uh, if you uh, said Fernando Tatis uh, Jr., you're correct. Oh, man. This was Fernando Tatis back in 2020. He was uh, on, I think it was an Instagram video, a Snapchat video, a Facebook video, or a Twitter video. I don't know. It's a video that he posted on his social media of him holding the 2020 All-MLB team for a shortstop. This, this, just listen to this. Man, time flies. No, he can't play shortstop. He's going to be an outfielder. He's going to be a center fielder. He's going to end on the corners. Yeah, um, Tatis, uh, I'm sorry, but your uh, your position's gone now. You're not a shortstop anymore for the San Diego Padres. You are an outfielder for the San Diego Padres. You are a, a fill and utility guy for the San Diego Padres. Okay, you're not you're not gonna be one of those. Your bat's way too good to not be in the lineup. But Fernando Tatis Jr. is gonna be your left fielder or center fielder or right fielder for the foreseeable future for the San Diego Padres, which that might sound like a knock, but this team is locked up. Like Machado's locked up. You have Juan Soto, who I believe is going to be on his. Did he sign? Did he resign? Why can't I think of if Juan Soto Juan Soto contract in the Google machine? And he's on a a one year. He's on that's pre arbitration. Spot rack. If he's not locked up, they need to lock him up. He's an unrestricted free agent in the year of 2025. That's when he hit unrestricted free agency. So they have a few years left with Juan Soto. 
You have you have Fernando Tatis locked up, Xander Bogarts locked up, pitchers locked up. Like they they should be good. They should. This is the, this is their t- division now. I think the Dodgers have regressed a lot when it comes to putting a lineup building. I think they they have. And it might be the year where San Diego is like, you know what? We are the team. We are the bee's knees of the National League West. Like, that's what they are, and that's what they did. Tatis, I'm sorry, but what you did is going to be on you for the rest of your life. You took the performance-enhancing drugs that you did not realize was performance-enhancing drugs. That's you, that's you say you didn't realize. Um, uh, to treat, I think it was ringworm uh, from scissors um, for a haircut. Um... Keep adding the story because it still sounds ridiculous. Why would you want to get? Uh, why would you have your barber not wash his stuff? Like that's just gross. That's just nasty. With how germs spread, with how COVID spread in 2020, like that is gross. That is absolutely gross. But yeah, now Xander Bogarts, 11-year, 280 million dollars deal to sign with the San Diego Padres, and now from that one shortstop to a shortstop that signed a 11-year, 300 million dollar contract. And that was the Philadelphia Phillies. That is Trey Turner. He is teamed up once again with Bryce Harper. You know, I, I'm not mad at this whatsoever. If you have a friend, which Trey Turner and Bryce Harper have clearly had to be buddies, if Trey Turner was like, you know, I'm dead set of wanting to go back to the National League um, East. Not even the National League, for in sake. He just wants to go back to the East. East Coast living so much better than West Coast living, from what I've been told, and also when it comes to sports. Like, it, it, it it's... I enjoy West Coast baseball. That's just me, but I'm I'm part of the minuscule people in Midwest Missouri that when Midwest Missouri and Kansas that actually like to stay up past one or two o'clock if the game goes in the extras, just to watch West Coast baseball. I'll do that nightly throughout the summer. I I just I'm a baseball nut though. That's I, I'm crazy. I know, but I I think this is a okay. They have so much money invested in this team, and this is oh my gosh that lineup. Lineup has Bryce Harper, Reese Hoskins, JT Real Muto, uh, Trey Turner now. Gosh, Trey Turner. <laughs> uh, I think McCutcheon's still, no, McCutcheon's not on the team anymore, is he? No, maybe. I can't, he might be off the bench. I, I can't, right? This team is absolutely loaded. Nick Castellanos, Alec Bohm, Bryson Stott. Like, this team, from top to bottom, can go toe-to-toe with the Houston Astros, with the New York Yankees, with the San Diego Padres, with the L.A. Dodgers, St. Louis Cardinals, this Philadelphia Phillies team is absolutely stacked and loaded. Like, I... If they don't have... a Brandon Marsh in center field, they do have issues when it comes to fielding. But if they're going to hit bombs night in and night out, Kyle Schwarber, Schwarbaum's kind of forgot about him. How do how do you forget about Kyle Schwarber? How Kramer, you're an idiot. Why, how do you forget about that dude? That's the that is oh man, Kyle Schwarber's just the, the dude. Philly's got a good one here. Trey Turner, the best uh, fastest player in Major League Baseball, probably the best contact hitter in Major League Baseball, and he's a guy with a Gold Glove Clower, um, a defensive uh, person at, sec- at shortstop or second base, wherever you need him. Center field too. Which heck, if he just wants to play baseball, he does. That's Good for you know what Trey Turner, good for you. I you uh, you you did good. You did good. You did good on this uh, this thing called MLB free agency. I love MLB free agency. There's so many things that happen. Uh, the Braves made a quiet trade, and it's to get right in a pitcher from the Tigers, Joe Jimenez, 
They got him in cash from the Tigers for a couple minor league players. People forget Joe Jimenez was a lockdown bullpen setup guy for the Tigers back in 2018. He was a an all-star that year as well with an ERA like in the what a, a 294 granted like last season. And he had a better stellar season than what he did in that all-star campaign. Like, oh, wow, I was looking at the wrong thing. He had a 4.31 ERA back in his all-star season. But this last year, 3.49, and that's in 56 and two-thirds of an inning. The Braves, it may not be a flashy move, but they got a good pitcher out of the bullpen. And that's what the thing that the Braves need to do at this point is just secure and make sure this bullpen is better than every single National League East team. This bullpen's better, already better. It's the best bullpen in National League East. It already is. Unless you want to talk about the Miami Marlins, who has a dark horse in that bullpen. Right, that bullpen is, I think, the Marlins. Marlins got a good, good future, bright. They're they're bright. They are. But if the Braves want to continue to win divisional title after divisional title after divisional title after divisional title, and with what the Mets are trying to bring in with and with the signing of Trey Turner... They're going to need to probably get another bullpen guy or an, like maybe a, a another caliber starter that they can if they need to transfer to the bullpen that they can. But this move by the Braves completely underrated. Something that actually needs to be more talked about because Joe Jimenez. I mean, we've seen him pitch. We've seen him pitch for the Tigers, especially here in Kansas City. We have seen Joe Jimenez pitch, and he is a phenomenal closer. Or not even a closer. He's a phenomenal guy out of the bullpen. If he needs to close for you. He could do that too. He can. So Joe Jimenez, that's a quiet move that happened around the uh, Major League Baseball Association. It's not even association. It's a, it's the franchise, whatever they have, whatever you want to call it. It's it's the greatest thing known to mankind rather than the uh, National Football League and, then, uh, and other things that I, I, I won't get into. Uh, the Mets, they signed left-handed pitcher Jose Quintana to a two-year $26 million deal. It's a, that's a great move by the Mets. We talked about it earlier on, so I don't have to harp on it anymore. Angels general manager, Perry, I'm going to probably mispronounce his name. Going to, I'm going to try it in here in three, two, one. Minasan, Minasan, okay, Perry Minasan uh, says Shohei Otani isn't going anywhere, and it's funny because he has reasons. You know, Shohei's not going anywhere. My kids will never talk to me again. If that <laughs> so, um, he's not going anywhere. He's going to be an angel, and, and hopefully... Not just this year, but going forward. That is a excellent sign if you are an Angels fan. Like it, it truly is. Knowing that your owners' kids would absolutely hate their father if they end up getting rid of Shohei Otani is insurance. Because when me listening to this, it humanized Shohei Otani. I granted, I he is one of the best athletes right now walking this face of the earth. Whether at any sport, he is one of the greatest athletes to ever do it right now. And we make him larger than life at times. But him saying, the, the general manager for them saying this. You know, Shohei's not going anywhere. My kids will never talk to me again. If that <laughs> so, um, he's not going anywhere. He's going to be an angel. And, and hopefully, not just this year, but going forward. It humanizes him because just like the kids are like, you know what? No, Dad, you can't be doing this. Like, you do not. Uh, we hear the the rumblings of him being irritated about how the season went last season. We heard rumblings of them possibly open to trading 
Shohei Otani, which I think those are all false, and they're, they're people like to spray in false narratives, especially if those you've got to check the Twitter blue check mark now, because you can tell when someone is like a, a government um, or a newsworthy type person compared to a person subscribing to Twitter blue. You can check that now, so you can you know click on the button a little bit to see. But this humanized, I think Shohei Otani, and it just makes Shohei Otani like the, the story for him just be be great. Like it's I. He's one of the best baseball players, one of the best athletes in Major League Baseball and and in this world today, it is. Tylon Walker signed a four-year, $71 million deal with the Phillies. The Phillies still are not done with anything. Their pitching is getting loaded. Their starting rotation is getting loaded. Now it's the bullpen that needs to be the work done. They need to work on the bullpen. They do. They do. They do. They do. Bullpen is the key to winning baseball games. Not It's the, you need to have what the Royals used to have back in 14 and 15 where they have... Herrera, uh, what, Hochaver, Herrera, uh, Holland, and Davis, like literally those four guys during out of the bullpen, like if you need someone to come in the sixth inning, Hoch, Hoch, come on, Hoch, come on. Seventh inning, you got um, uh, Herrera. Come on, Herrera, come on in. The eighth inning, you got Wade Davis. In your ninth inning, you got Greg Holland. If you had that type of success, like what the Royals did in 14 and 15, with bullpen guys like that, perfect. Awesome. Like that, that's what you need to do. People need to mimic that type of style and bulldog mentality that the Royals used to show back in 2014 and 15 to help you win a World Series. And that's what I mean. Heck, they got, they were a few games from from winning a World Series. They, they truly were. So this, uh, this helps a lot for the Phillies getting Taiwan Walker for that four year, $71 million. That's $71 million. Man, why can't I have money like that? I wish I, I wish I could have money like that. But then again, I don't because I can only imagine what the tax bracket reasons were if you have that caliber of money but yeah cody bellinger getting moved not even getting moved signed a one-year 17 million dollars 17.5 million dollar to be exact for the chicago cubs and it's funny because david ross manager for the chicago cubs was on mlb network at the time and uh they broke the news to him cody bellinger we've got breaking news you're welcome. Really? Nice. Yeah, you're welcome. That <laughs> just happened? <laughs> yeah. Did it really? Just happened. Nice. John Heyman reported. I All right. Well, you, guys, you guys are in the know. Like, <laughs> okay, well, okay. I think my power's off. Did uh, you guys hear me? You guys hear me right now? My, the thing is, this SVU didn't go off. I'm, I'm curious here. But no, this is... Uh, God, I lost my track of thought here. I think I didn't turn on the, uh, the, the, the mic. I don't know. The mic isn't working. Is it working right now? I know I turned the mic on. I don't know. I digress. I, the the Royals right now, if it's uh like I said, the Royals Weekly, they they they're they're chiming in on this conversation with uh with uh with Ten Penny and I on Twitter. They said, don't forget Oliveras. I'd rather they trade Michael A. Taylor and get a rotation of um uh, Waters, MJ, Isbell, and Oliveras, and Eaton plays mostly third base. I guess. All right, we'll see how it goes. I it's, this team isn't built to win a World Series. It's not. It's not even built to make the postseason. The Royals need to do so much. And I don't know. They have a lot of time to get there because granted, around this time, this time last year, we were locked out. Did you, you guys remember that? That was a dark few months that I had of not knowing what to talk about here on on Saturdays of Kramer because this is a baseball-driven show. Granted, I know I give you football lines and spreads and talk football every once in a while, but I love baseball, so I'm going to talk about baseball anytime I have, I have the I have the chance to. Heck, my my fiance now. It's fun saying fiance now. Uh, I talk to baseball with her all the time. Do I? Th- does she get it? Uh, yeah, she understands baseball. She does. But it's just funny how minuscule things that I like to talk about. She's like, "Why do you know this?" And I, I just rebuttal back saying, 
I'm a nerd. I'm a baseball nerd. I love Legos. Grant, you know I'm a baseball nerd if I like Legos. I mean, I feel like Lego and baseball go together like it's uh, like it's glue or like it's bricks uh, collapsing on its on each other. I'm just a nerd. A 26-year-old dude that still plays with Legos. I don't care. I'm a 26-year-old dude that still plays baseball over in Independence. I don't care. Hey, I'm living life. I'm having fun. I'm enjoying what I do. Oh, my goodness. This has been a show. This has been a show, whether if it's been technical difficulties or me just ranting and raving about Major League Baseball. Absolutely love it. Absolutely enjoy the fact that you all come in and tune in listen to me uh, weekly. I blew through a break. Which means one thing and one thing only is I got to get out of here. I have to... Uh, I, yeah, where's my, is my bed music even going to fire? There's nothing working in this thing. There's nothing working. Is it going to play? Can you guys hear any music coming out? Anything, maybe? Can you hear anything? Yeah, you can hear stuff. You can hear stuff now. Like, I, the board goes dark. It goes back on. I'm not even sure if I'm even on air. I'm hoping I am because we're signing off here. Everybody, it might be gloomy and doomy outside, but go outside. If you do go outside today, be careful. Put a smile on your face. You don't know who needs that to brighten up their day. Put a smile. Smile, Kansas City. Bump it. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660.